It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. Hoo-wee, that was a game. If you did not see Monday night's game of the Reds and the Brewers, well, first of all, you probably got more sleep than I did. And second of all, you probably don't have as many ulcers as I do right now either. It was a stressful game, but the Reds ended up winning. We're going to recap that here in just a moment. But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcasting app. Hit us up on Twitter, at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And then head on over to LockedOnReds.com for even more content. And give us a call on the Locked On Reds line, 513-549-0159. Going to get to a couple of calls later on in today's episode. But first, let's take a look at last night's game. And wow, just just breathe. If, if you watched the game last night, just take a second with me and breathe. Man, what on earth did we just witness? The Reds, Sonny Gray, first of all, pitched a gem. Six innings of one-run ball. He only gave up a couple of base runners all total, and he had seven strikeouts. His curveball was just spinning, bending. Nobody was hitting it. Christian Yelich was looking bad. He was making the reigning MVP just look silly on some pitches, and it was a great night for him on the mound. I hate that it was spoiled. And even the lineup, the lineup did all right. How many times have you been able to look at this Reds lineup after a game and see that they were hitting 500 with runners in scoring position? They were 5 for 10. In those cases on Monday night, they got 12 hits out of 36 at-bats. So, you know, that's one out of every three. Pretty good night for them. It was all the bullpen, man. Once you got into the seventh inning, it was anybody's guess where the pitches were going. It was anybody's guess where the outs were coming from. The seventh inning saw the bases loaded, and the Reds were able to get out of it as Michael Lorenzen kind of foibled around getting the first two outs, but also loading the bases. And then Amir Garrett came in and nailed down the last out of the seventh. And you're like, okay, we survived that. But then the eighth inning came, and it was the same exact thing all over again. In fact, Amir Garrett gave up a leadoff single. And so they decided to pull Amir Garrett, and they're going to bring in Rysel Iglesias for a six-out save, or at at least to pitch the eighth. They figured, hey, let's bring him in. We'll shut down the Brewers. We'll get out of this eighth inning. Uh, uh. Dude couldn't throw a strike to save his life. He ended up 
giving up another single and a walk to load the bases with nobody out. And then he had Orlando Arcia at the plate. And Orlando Arcia just absolutely gifted the Reds in at bat because Rysel Iglesias threw him ball for the, the count was full. He threw him an outside pitch. It was off the plate. It was clearly a ball. And Orlando Arcia decides to try and check swing at it. And the first base umpire rung him up, said he went too far, broke the plane. And he just gifted an out to Rysel Iglesias. And it, it proved to be, uh, you know, that good old saying, ball don't lie. Because the very next batter, Tony Saladino, the vaunted Tony Saladino and his 173 slugging percentage. For those of you that don't know too much about slugging percentage, 173 is terrible. That means that if he gets hits, he's getting singles. And he comes up and he hits a 419-foot bomb to dead center field. A grand slam. At the time, the Reds were up 4-1, to one, and you're like, you know what? It's still a tough lead, but they could probably hold it. Uh-uh. Nope. Thanks for playing. You lost. Grand slam. Five to four right there. Heading into the ninth inning. And you're like, boy, oh boy, another nail in the coffin. If you thought that the whole seven seven to nothing lead turned into a twelve to seven loss or twelve to eleven loss to the Cardinals was a nail in the coffin, this thing would have been right on top of that. But A. Eugenio Suarez had other ideas. Came up in the top of the ninth, last out of the game for the Reds. They had nowhere to go. And with Joey Votto on base, Suarez uncorked his second home run of the night, single-handedly carrying the Reds to the win. They were able to finish out the save with Wandy Peralta and Jared Hughes, but I am telling you what, even after the game ended, I was just sitting there staring at the TV like, I'm happy? Question mark? Because that was nuts. The Reds used just about every reliever that they had in their bullpen. And randomly, and I'm still not exactly sure, I have not found an explanation for this, but Yasiel Puig was taken out of the game. I believe it was in the the 8th inning. 7th or 8th inning there. And, and there was no explanation. He wasn't hurt. It wasn't like this was a scenario where he ran into the wall trying to catch a foul ball or something like that. And somebody brought up the idea of maybe he was getting traded. I don't know. There's there's not been any updates. I'm going to keep looking at that. I'll be all over the wonderful Twitter.com trying to figure that one out here for, you know, at least until July 31st or until they actually give us some... Um, answers but all in all the reds get a win and we are all just stressed out over it hopefully tomorrow will be an easier game i'm going to take a quick break here on the lockdown reds podcast when we come back going to do a couple of lockdown reds line voicemails this episode is sponsored by Postmates. To start your free deliveries for a limited time, download the Postmates app and use promo code LOCKED ON. Have you ever found yourself in a position where the game is starting, but you are hungry? 
And you don't want to miss any point in the game. Heck, is there a point in the seventh inning where the game is tied? You've got the go-ahead run at the plate, but you really need a taco. And you don't have one at the house? Postmate it. Check out the Postmates app and for a seven-day trial period, use promo code Locked On to get $100 in free deliveries for that seven-day period. Postmates is the delivery service for your food, your groceries, just about anything you can think of, you can Postmate it. Download the app today and enter promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for your free $100 in deliveries for your first seven days. This is the Lockdown Reds podcast on a Tuesday. Tonight, the Reds play game two in Milwaukee. A quick road trip, just a three-game road trip in Milwaukee, and they're back home this weekend to take on the Rockies. Tonight on the mound is Tanner Rourke. He's going to go up against Zach Davies, who is having a heck of a year so far. Davies, to this point, has an 8-2 and two record with a 2.8 ERA, 2.87, I believe. ERA coming into this game so it'll be interesting to see how the Reds lineup deals with that if the Reds win they will be able to win this road series and that'd be something after pronouncing their playoff hopes dead that would be so like the 2019 Reds to go on a winning streak after I say that uh, they probably don't have any playoff aspirations but hey I would love to be wrong about that but now, let's jump into the Locked On Reds line. Let's take a couple of calls. Hey, Jeff. Uh, my name is Jordan. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to comment on your uh, uh, who we wanted to get for um, our team at the deadline or, or in the winter meeting or in the winter meetings and, and such. Um, I, I kind of wanted to look at uh, Noah Syndergaard and, and uh, maybe uh, Clint Frazier, uh perhaps, and uh, – uh, I, I, I really wish that they would get another uh, starting pitcher only because I don't think uh, Tyler Malley is ready for the big leagues quite yet. He still does need um, some more development, in my um, in my uh, opinion. But um, uh, another comment on Joey Botto and how um, I was listening to your podcast this morning. But, uh, by the way, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your podcast. Um, and Joey Votto, I just want to comment on Joey Votto, and I, I, I think everybody is pretty much worried about Joey Votto. Um, uh, I, I certainly am. I mean, I mean, he's about to turn what, 37 next year or, or something like that. Um, so he's getting a little, a little older, and uh, unless he can uh, prove me wrong, then I think he's been, he's on his down downhill slope for sure. So uh, I appreciate you uh, taking my uh, message, um, and yeah, go Reds. Thanks for the call, Jordan. I would love to see the Reds go after Noah Sendergaard. That would be crazy to add him into the rotation that is Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. It would be amazing to have that rolling into 2020. Feel really confident about the pitching if they could pull that off. And then also if they could get Clint Frazier, that would help with the lineup as well. It would take quite a bit to get both of those guys. I know that the Yankees have put a very high asking price on Clint Frazier, and then I'm sure the Mets are looking for a King's Ransom for Noah Syndergaard. I'd be interested to see who ends up with him because they dangled him last year, or at least in the offseason, and then they pulled him back. 
So I don't know exactly what the Mets are thinking. They tend to change their minds on minute-to-minute basis. And then talking about Joey Votto, yeah, I'm worried about him. I will say it's funny because after saying, you know, it looks like he really has gone down, the last couple of games he's been okay. He had an RBI single in Monday night's game, which tied up the game early on. It was about the fifth inning when that happened. And he had a couple of timely hits and was getting on base. So I don't know. I mean, he's changed his stance now. He's not squatting down like he was. He's not choking up on the bat like he was. I had a buddy make a comment that he was choking up so hard on the bat, looked like he could about hit the ball with the handle. And he's done with that. He's standing up and he's keeping his hands low on the bat. So it's really worked out for him here. Hopefully he has found his niche and he's back to at least getting the singles and getting the hits and stuff. He did have a moment, too, and I'll address this. I, for those of you that watched the game, you you know what I'm talking about. For those who didn't watch the game, there was a situation where, I believe it was the fifth inning? It was when Sonny Gray was still in. I think it was the fourth inning. I take that back. And there was runners on first and second, and Joey Votto was up. There was two outs. And they decided to start the runners on the pitch. So they were running before the ball got down to home plate and down to Joey Votto. Joey Votto swung and hit a fly ball into right center field that was easily caught for out number three. But as he was running down first base, he was like yelling. He was very mad about something. And and the consensus was he was mad that the runners were going before he had a chance to hit the ball. It's well documented that he does not like run and hit plays. And really, that's a strategy. And Cowboy made the statement on the television broadcast last night. It's a strategy you employ when the guy at the plate's not necessarily a power hitter. Which, let's face it, Joey Votto is not a power hitter at this point in his career. He's a nice line drive hitter, a good singles hitter, a guy who gets on base. And if you're going to maximize your scoring potential... A run and hit was a good strategy in that case, but Joey was not having it. In fact, even into the bottom half of the inning, he was still talking about it. Like, you could see him over at first base fuming about it. And I don't know if there'll be an interview with C. Trent or maybe somebody will ask him about it, see if if anyone can get Joey's thoughts on what happened there. But initially, I thought he was just mad about having an unproductive at bat. But I was wrong. Turns out it was a little bit more than that. So it was intriguing to see for sure. Let's take one more call and then we'll wrap up today's episode. Hey, Jeff. This is Sparky Thomason. I'm, hey, Jeff. This is Sparky Thomason. I'm a Reds fan long time since the Big Red Machine down in Rockville, Texas. And uh, enjoy your podcast every day. Uh, you know, uh, as far as this season, uh, I, my goal was 500. I think they've proven what uh what I thought they were gonna be. They were gonna be uh exciting one minute, exasperating the next, and that's exactly kinda what's happened. I never thought that their starting pitching would be as good as it were as once I never thought their bats would be as as bad as putrid as they've been all season. Uh Scooter Jeanette if he'd get a couple of hits before the deadline, I think they could package him in with a deal. Um I think I really like how Jose Iglesias has done, but I think they uh, need to make that decision if uh, if uh, Jose Peraza is there comfortable with having him as the everyday shortstop because that would definitely be an uptick in uh, the offensive side 
And uh, I would like to see Rizel Iglesias go. I don't know if he's pitched himself to where his value has gone down so much. Um, that that old Billy Bean thing flipped the closer. And, uh, you know, I, hopefully I, I, it's not a case where the time has passed that his value has gone so far down with uh, how bad it is this year. Anyway, go Reds and let's see what they do. Thanks for the call, Sparky. Way down in the great state of Texas. Glad to know we got Reds fans down there, too. I agree with your take on Scooter. I'd love to see if they could get something for him because I feel like he is gone at the end of this year. I just don't think... I mean, if the Reds were going to extend him, they would have already done that. So I believe he's going to be a free agent come the end of this season. So if they could get something for him, that would be ideal. But kind of like you said, he's got to get some hits. He's got to perform before the deadline because as is no one's looking to trade for a second baseman who's just coming off of a major groin injury and batting under 200 just not going to happen and and I appreciate your take that you were expecting them to be uh, exciting and then exacerbating all at the same time because that's exactly what they've done they have a really good day and then they have a really bad day but I'm with you I think they do finish around 500 there i definitely appreciate your take there sparky thanks for giving us a call that's going to wrap us up here on tuesday's edition of the locked on reds podcast thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show make sure you hit that subscribe button on all your major podcasting platforms check us out on twitter at locked on reds and at jeff carr with three f's and give us a call on the locked on reds line you could be featured on the episode too 513 513- Five four nine zero one five nine. Tomorrow we're going to take a look at the second game of the Reds and Brewers series up in Milwaukee and I want to do a little bit of a rundown on some of the rumors that may be out there and take a look at some of the grumblings and rumblings. For the Lockdown Reds podcast, my name is Jeff Carr and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.